Hello, and welcome back to Under a Rock with Brielle and Gerlin. Hey. Hello. Today we are continuing and finishing discussing Avatar The Last Airbender, episodes 18, 19, 20, and 21, Sozin's Comet. Yes, we are basically going to be talking about the whole uh, season finale, the four parts all together here today for you. <laughs> yes, sir. So let's jump into it, man. Let's jump into it. So the episode uh, starts uh, with Zuko and Aang practicing their firebending. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's going really well. Aang and Zuko are both really excelling at their um, firebending and they're getting so much better. And Aang is definitely looking more confident. Um, and then Katara is like, time out. Everybody have some juice. <laughs> Zuko's just like, juice? We don't have time for juice. It's a fucking war going on. <laughs> Come on, guys. Sokka and Suki sitting around just watching them. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting around like bisexuals. We get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, you know, the yeah, like yeah. joke that gay people don't know how to sit properly. Uh, oh, I didn't know. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's like a joke. Gotcha. Um, anyway, so um, so basically uh, Sokka is like, oh, everybody's really stressed. You know what we should do? We should have a beach party. And so there's another beach party. Another one, yeah. <laughs> Um, and honestly, like good on Sokka for suggesting that because the Comet is three days away and I think these kids need like a break. Yeah. They need a break. They need some structured time to relax. <laughs> Work-life balance, people. It's yeah. important. Yeah. So he, he tells them that they're going to have a beach party and they do and it's great. You know, everybody's swimming and playing in the sand and, um, you know, Aang builds an Appa sand structure and it's beautiful mm -hmm. and perfect. And Sokka makes this like weird like sand blob and it's Suki. <laughs> and Toph is just like, if you break up with him because of this, we understand. Yeah. But she's like, no, it's sweet. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Sokka's a renaissance man. He really is. Yeah. Like he, he knows technology. He knows science. He knows art. He's not good at art, but he knows art. <laughs> yeah, I give the man credit. Yeah, you know, and, and Suki loves him, which is all that matters. Mm -hmm. um, something that is also really interesting about this episode is that there's a lot of anime style animation in this episode. Like, I feel like a lot of the faces that the characters make are very anime inspired mm -hmm. from the very beginning. Like Aang, like drinking that watermelon juice and like the way that the characters like gape when Sokka's like no it's it's Suki they're like oh you know it's yeah. very anime which is fun because the show hasn't done that in a while the show hasn't kind of played with that type of animation for a while yeah you know it's always nice to see yeah yeah kind of the roots um so everybody's kind of relaxing on the beach um and out of nowhere Zuko just starts attacking Aang and um and everyone is noticeably, like, confused and upset. They're like, why is this happening? Zuko is, like, shooting fire at Aang, and Aang is running away. And, like, what's going on? Why are you fighting me? And it's because, like, Zuko doesn't think that Aang is prepared to fight his father. Right. And in a way, he's right. Mm -hmm. Aang is not prepared to fight his father. You know, Aang at this point, and you can see it, is still mostly defensive. He always runs first as opposed to attack. And, you know, that's that's his personality, I think. And I'm not saying that it's a flaw, but he runs first before anything else. And I think Zuko is trying to, like, get him out of that mindset that you can't just run. You have to stand and attack. Right. But also, like, I don't know if Zuko considered the implications of him just randomly attacking. <laughs> like, he just got in good with the gang. They're just now his friends. And he's like, you know, it would be smart if I randomly started attacking Ed. Just go rogue. Yeah, exactly. Um, and But the thing is, I I do think Aang is, I think Aang is like physically ready to fight. I think he has all of the skills that he needs. He says he's not ready with firebending. I think he is. Um, I think that his like bending is there. But I don't think his confidence is there yet. Definitely. And I think that's the problem. Like, I think if it was just based on strength and skill alone, he could fight the Fire Lord and possibly win. But I think as of right now, he has this like mental block in him 
and you know the chakra block as we later see um that prevents him from being like completely ready right um and then so zuko is like i don't understand like what's going on and everyone's like oh yeah ang wasn't gonna fight the fire lord during sozin's comet he was gonna wait and zuko's like that's a bad idea yeah <laughs> because uh and then he goes back in time and he talks about the the meeting that you were mentioning in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Ozai is like, I'm going to raise the Earth Kingdom to the ground and just destroy it all on the day of Sozin's Comet. And so uh, Zuko's like, Aang, you have to fight him then or else there's not going to be anything to fight for. Yeah. Um, something that I thought was really funny is Ozai is like, at the meeting and like Zuko is in the meeting and he goes, Oh Zuko, you were in the earth kingdom. What are they like? As if, as if Zuko was there on vacation, as if Zuko was there to just like study or something. Why do you think he was in the earth kingdom? Ozai, maybe right. cause you sent him there. He was banished. Come on. Like, I love that you were in the earth kingdom. Yeah. Why was I in the earth kingdom though? Father. <laughs> I ate sticks and bugs in the Earth Kingdom, Dad. Wasn't great. Wasn't pretty. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but basically, um, in that meeting, Zuko's like, the Earth Kingdom is really strong. They're going to fight. And so, and Azula says, and this I think is very important. She's like, oh, well, I would just burn it all to the ground, which is such a 15-year-old thing to say. Mm. Like, this is a moment that I think is really important because for so much of the show, Azula is very intelligent. She's very wise. She's very clever. And she does things. And she's been super smart, super intelligent, you know, very tactical. She's like connived and conned all the adults around her. She's completely overpowered them. And yet right now, right here, she's like, hmm, just burn them all, which is like such a teenagery kid thing to say like that's not what a real general or the leader of a country should say when thinking about taking over another country like that's a bad idea but ozai runs with it but ozai runs with it he's such a terrible ruler like can i just say like listen i'm not like advocating anyone or anything but like he he's so stupid because yeah burning everything will get you the earth kingdom you're not going to be able to do anything with it, though, because it'll all be ash. Yeah. There goes your agriculture, bro. There goes your economy and trade. If you kill anybody, if you kill everybody, who are you going to be the king of? Nobody. Right? Just well, ashes. Yeah. He's so stupid that he thinks that a 15-year-old girl's idea is the smartest one in the room. And I'm not trying to say that Azula is stupid, mm. but this is very clearly an immature understanding of the world and what needs to be done. Right. You know, and he tried to run with it by saying he's just gonna do what Sozin did. Yeah, but Sozin, Sozin still had people to conquer. He just wiped out the air nomads, the air nomads. who live high up in mountains. So yeah, who cares if you burn mountains? No one could really live up there, anyways. Yeah, the Earth Kingdom is is land, land yeah. that you can, like you said, you um farm in. Um, uh, what'd you say? The economics and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. There goes your trade. Yeah, you burned that. You got nothing. And your exports and imports um, market. Yeah. Not to mention, like, the the easiest, like, the easiest way to get, uh, like, indoctrination is to have babies. So by killing all the Earth Kingdom people, that's not going to happen. Like, you, when, you, when, you, when you kind of take over a country and you force, like, your troops into that country... Um, I mean, obviously there's, you know, the, the negative way to do that, but like, you know, a lot of times what ends up happening is those troops end up like, you know, falling in love and getting married to the civilians. And then you have a built in propaganda, like, you know, machine, because all those babies that pop on out are going to be for your government because their fathers are for your government right? and their mothers fell in love with those men in your government. So it's like, you know. But he's not thinking. No, he's not thinking. No. Um, he's a bad fire lord. Yes. Um, and a bad father. That too, yeah. <laughs> it, it's so funny. It's so funny when you think about Ozai in comparison to all the other fire lords. Now, granted, we don't know about all the other fire lords. We don't know if any of them 
had like a William Henry Harrison situation where they died like super early in their reign. Mm. But compared to all the other Fire Lords that we know of before Ozai, he sucked. He was Fire Lord for like six or seven years and he didn't do anything. He ruled in mostly a time of like prosperity and peace, which that's not like his fault that he didn't have conflict. But like he ruled during a time where everything was pretty good. Any kind of conflict his daughter took care of. Mm. Azula was the one who got Ba Sing Se. Yeah. Azula was the one who helped like cement the hold on Omashu. Like, dude, your 15 year old daughter is a better Fire Lord than you. Like, she's actually doing stuff. Like, she's the one who brought Zuko back. She's the one who killed the Avatar. Like, bro, you suck. <laughs> All he does is just sit on his throne. Yeah, like, he doesn't do anything. He was Thanos before Thanos. Yeah, he just, <laughs> he doesn't do anything. And then he just gets his ass whooped by a 12 year old. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's embarrassing, bro. It's embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, so Ozai is basically like, that's what we'll do. We'll just burn the Earth Kingdom to the ground. And Zuko does not speak up, mm -hmm. parallel to when he did. And that's when he realizes that he can't stay in the Fire Nation. He has to join Aang and all of them. Right. Um. So, yeah. So he's like, you have to fight my father on Sozin's Comet or else there'll be nothing left to fight for. It'll be over. Um. <clears throat> And Sokka's like, well, you know what, Aang? We're behind you. Earth, wind, fire, water, fan and sword. Because yes. <laughs> guess what? Suki's part of the gang. Yes. And every time that y'all don't include Suki in your fan art or stories, I lose a year of my life. Eesh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my biggest like problem with, like, this is a little bit of like a weird tangent, but like, that's my biggest issue with um with like the merchandise and like the clothes and stuff mm -hmm. is they won't include Suki. And I'm like, but you have to, because if you're going to. So I can understand if a shirt has Aang, Katara, Toph and Zuko, because those are the four elements. Those are the four benders. And I can even understand if it had like Sokka, Katara, Aang and Toph, because that's like a group. Yeah. But if you're going to have Zuko, you got to have Suki. Like, she was there pretty much the same amount of time that he was. She was there before him, you know. So, like, if you're going to have the whole gang, you have to have the whole gang. You have to have Suki. You know. Yeah. And I, I don't get uh, why people neglect Suki. She she was a big part of the invasion. She was. You know? So she I'm, really was. Yeah. I don't know. And, you know, she, she, like I said, she was there since the beginning. You know, granted, she wasn't consistently there. But she was, you know part of Sokka's growth she helped the gang get into Ba Sing Se you know she was there with Boiling Rock she helped save Appa like she was there so many times in the background I think it's really bad when people don't include her and don't respect her the way that they should Suki deserves love yeah I am a Suki stan first and a person second <laughs> anyway um mm. yeah so uh then they have a group hug and Zuko's in the group hug, mm -hmm. which I love. I think that's so great. Um, and yeah, but uh, but they basically are like, okay, so now we really have to get down to business because Aang has to really defeat the Fire Lord. No more playing around. We can't put this off. Um, and so they start kind of like practicing and everything. And we have Melon Lord. Yes. <laughs> we have Melon Lord. Toph missed her calling as a villain. <laughs> yeah, she, she was enjoying that. Yeah. Um, you know, which is, which is fun, you mm -hmm. know. <laughs> I also think that something that I really like about Toph is that she's very just, like, casually brave. Like, she, you know, she's like, oh, man, I would just kick the Fire Lord's butt right now. And she would. Like, I believe her. And I think that kind of personality is so important and vital to Aang because, you know... No matter what, he knows that Toph will be there to kick people's asses. Right. You know, like she's just so consistently like casually brave. Nothing phases her. And I like that about her. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Zuko's also like really dramatic in this episode. Like we get it, Zuko. It's it's the climax of the show. Like we got to kill your dad. Maybe like relax. You don't have to sound like you're reciting Shakespeare. Mm. Like chill. Um, But yeah, so the gang um tries to like do a fake battle basically and attack the melon lord and um you know everyone's doing everything and ang goes to make that final like 
pit and kill the Melon Lord, and he can't do it. He can't do it. Yeah. Um, he just doesn't feel, I guess, emotionally prepared to do that sort of thing. It goes against what he was taught. It goes against how he was raised, and he just he can't do it. It goes. It, it goes against his true nature. Yeah. Just yeah. doesn't feel it. And then Sokka comes up and just. Yeah, which is kind of dark. Yeah. Um, I actually wrote something about that because I was like. The fact that he's able to just like, I mean, granted, it's a melon, but mm. like the fact that he's able to just slice through that melon and be like, that's how you have to kill the Fire Lord, once again, reminds me, and I think it reminds Aang, that him and Sokka are not the same. They didn't grow up the same. Sokka grew up in a war. And guess what? When you grow up in a war, you understand that people have to die. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So he just, like, you see the very different understanding of life and what a human life is worth, mm -hmm. you know, between Sokka and Aang in that moment. Um, yeah, so they take a break and they're all, like, hanging around and Katara's like, hey, I have something cool and interesting. And Toph goes, I knew it! You did have a secret thing with Haru! And was just like, what? I was like, God, I wish. <laughs> I wish she had a secret thing with Haru. Before the mustache. Even with the mustache. Even with the mustache? I mean, like, I don't like the mustache. I don't like the mustache, but I would. I would still. Okay. Haru is a snack. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's she shows a baby picture and she's like, oh, look at little baby Zuko. And then the music. I like the music in this. The music is like the little tinkling like baby piano. Mm. And then Zuko says... Uh, that's actually my dad. And the music just stops. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's important that the gang like sees that, that they're like, oh, at some point Ozai was just a baby. He was just an innocent little kid. He didn't know any better. And now he's trying to destroy the whole world. You know, Nizuko goes back on the Germanic. She was saying, yeah, and that innocent little kid turned out to be a horrible father and the destroyer of. <laughs> Of all things. <laughs> yeah, like, chill. <laughs> um, but I think, but you know what it made me think of? It made me think of all the way back in the second season with uh, Tom Tom, May's little brother. Mm. And, like, everyone's like, oh, but he's like a Fire Nation baby and they are, he's going to grow up and hate us. And mm. it's like, no, he's just a baby right now. And it's up to us, the people who are older, to shape the world so that he doesn't end up like Ozai. Mm. You know? That's a nice parallel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, but like Zuko makes a joke and like Sokka and Suki laugh. And I was like, oh, that's just so cute. I just uh, like that they laughed at his joke. It was a joke of, um, cause Aang was saying, oh, he used to be a baby, blah, blah. And maybe there's something good in there. Yeah. Yeah. And Zuko was like, and maybe we show him his baby pictures and he will see that, hey, maybe the world isn't so bad. And Aang was like, really? <laughs> Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And then Sokka and laugh. I just, I like that. Um, yeah, and then Aang storms off because he's angry that he's being asked to do this. And we have Dad Ko and Mom Tara. <laughs> yep. That was... Being like, we should go after him. No, no, honey. Let him <laughs> stew. All right. <laughs> I mean, that's how you took, for me. I, I... Yeah, it's very much like, that whole like conversation was very much like mom and dad to me. Oh, oh, that okay. Cause I was, I was looking at more of um, the Aang and Qatar when they're back and forth before Aang storms off. It, it for me, there was a lot of subtext there. Yeah, I mean, you know, especially the way they were arguing, how, how when Qatar is saying what she's saying, and Aang just cuts her off. It's like, what Qatar? What do you have an idea? Blah blah. blah. And she's it. It came up as as. A couple who aren't a couple, but they don't, but they're in the midst of something else. So just yeah. like things just bleed into one another. Mm. Well, you know, I said before, Ang has a lot of anger. Yeah. And, and his ability to kind of restrain himself, I think is one of his best qualities, but I also think it's one of his worst because it forces him to blow up when he, when it does get to be too much yeah, and it forces true. him to blow up at like Katara or his friends. Um, yeah, and, and so, yeah, so he storms off, and something that I want to discuss right here, a lot is being asked of Aang, you know, a lot is being asked. Not only is he being asked to just kill someone, which is, like, a rough thing to ask anybody, 
but he's asking to kill, but he's being asked to kill the Fire Lord. So that's going to completely dismantle a government. Um, and then he's being asked for after he kills the Fire Lord to just help rebuild the world. And that's a lot to ask of anybody, right. let alone a child, let alone a child who has nothing. You know, it's not like he has a mom and dad he can go back to when things get tough. He has nothing. Right. That's a lot to ask. And I think what's so brilliant about this show and so brilliant about what they do with Aang is I feel like in a lot of media, specifically like fantasy media that involves like a hero kind of thing, one of the tenets of being a hero is sacrifice. You have to sacrifice something to save the world. It's mm. just part and parcel of it. And, you know, you see that in, in, in like Lord of the Rings with Frodo. You know, Frodo saves the world. He destroys the ring. But at what cost? At the cost of his, you know, connection to the world that he lives in. His, his finger. I mean, if you want something absolutely physical. You know, at the end of uh, Lord of the Rings, Frodo leaves Middle-earth. Because he just doesn't fit in there anymore because he's so changed by his journey. It has changed him too much. He sacrificed too much. And he has to leave. He basically goes off into like the Middle Earth version of heaven at the end of the story. Mm. Um, you know, he sacrificed too much. Look at like Harry Potter. You know, he was supposed to sacrifice his life to save the wizarding world. You know, and he was supposed to just be okay with that. And it's only through like his mother's love and blood magic that he was kind of able to survive. But like Harry at the very end was fully prepared to die. He was fully prepared to die in the hopes that it would save the world. You know, I mean, not to get too into Harry Potter because we could get into Harry Potter, but Dumbledore <laughs> knew that Harry was supposed to die and that was just accepted. You know, there are so many stories, wonderful stories, don't get me wrong, where so much of the hero's journey is about them finding out that they have to sacrifice something in order to save the world. And they do it. Mm. And we, you know, thank them for it. But it's, it's, it's a lonely job being a hero, I think. And so, so for the show to be like, you know what? Aang doesn't have to sacrifice anything. Aang doesn't have to give up anything. We're going to make it so that Aang wins. That I love. I think that's so powerful. Mm. I think that's such a wonderful and powerful thing to do as a story, you know? Yeah. I love that. I really, really do love that. Um, and to, to add on to that, it's, it's a good message to the children that, are, that were watching this or are watching this. That if you think that there's another way, chances are that there is. Yes. You know, just got to yeah. work to find it. You don't have to, um, what's that quote? Uh, you don't have to set yourself on fire to let the world be warm, you know, mm. or whatever that quote mm -hmm. is, you know. Um, yeah, it's that. It's basically that. Mm. Um, but yeah, he tries to, Aang tries to meditate and then he gets this like weird feeling and he and Momo just like walk into the ocean. <laughs> they just walk into the ocean. Um, and the next day everybody wakes up. They can't find Aang. So they're like, okay, we'll all split up and we'll go find Aang. Toph immediately latches onto Zuko. His little cheeks are red. Mm -hmm. She's like, I want a field trip. <laughs> Poor Toph. She just wants to vent. Yeah, I know. She like, it's like, you know, it's so funny because she's like, yeah. And I guess all I really wanted was my parents' love. And Zuko's like, I guess, but we're not talking about that right now. I'll get you a therapist later. Like, I feel so bad for her. He's kind of a jerk. Yeah, yeah he's kind of a jerk. But you know what? I think the reason was because it wasn't an organic field trip. And it was forced. It was forced. And that's mm. why it didn't work. One day, Toph and Zuko will have a real field trip and it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then he and then they were like, wait, but where's like Momo? And Sokka's like, oh, my gosh, Appa ate Momo. <laughs> and he like crawls into Appa's mouth to save Momo. And mm. let me tell you, from from Sokka wanting to eat Momo to willingly crawling into Abba's mouth to save him. You know what that is? Growth. Growth. <laughs> that's growth. Um, that's a good character arc right yeah, there. Yeah, that's a good character arc. Uh, yeah, so the gang splits up to go find Aang and Momo. And, um, and then it cuts to uh, the Fire Nation. And Ozai and Azula are basically like seeing their people. And Ozai is, is starting his attack, basically. 
And Azula's like, oh, so wait, like, aren't I coming? Like, where am I going? And he's like, no, you're staying here. I need you to keep an eye on the Fire Nation. You're now the Fire Lord because I'm the Phoenix King. And Azula's face and her tone of voice is so brilliant in this part because her first like, what? Is so like her face is just so innocent in that moment. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like this is the first time that Ozai's ever told her no. And I don't think she knows how to handle it. Mm. And I think in her brain, no equals you can't treat me like Zuko because Zuko is bad. Azula is good. Mm -hmm. And any kind of negativity is immediately associated with Zuko because he's the one who got all that negativity. And like, it's it's just the extremes with her. Like, because in all honesty, I don't necessarily think Ozai was insulting her. No, I don't think he was. I think he literally did not care because he doesn't care about his children. Um, I think he thought, oh, it'll be good for Azula to be here. I need someone to watch the Fire Nation. Why not her? Um, but she immediately takes it as an insult, which I think tells you about how he treats her. Yes. Um, that unless he's like actively praising her, it's all just negative, you know, mm-hmm. and she refuses to be treated like Zuko and hurt from that negativity. Um, yeah, but she immediately like took it that way. Um, not to bring home, not to, you know, bring up Lord of the Rings again, but in a cl- completely, like, alternate, like, um, unrelated note, uh, there is something very, like, noble about staying home. Like, Azula's obviously, like, a bad guy, you know, but I see the, the comparison with, like, her and Eowyn from Lord of the Rings, because in Lord of the Rings, um, all of the people of the nation of Rohan go to Gondor to help fight. And the king of Rohan tells Eowyn, who's his, like, niece, you have to stay here and watch over Rohan. Mm -hmm. And she um, disobeys him and leaves. And, like, it's a whole big thing. I love Eowyn. It's a whole big thing. Um, And it isn't until later on in the book when she, like, gets really injured that she realizes that what her uncle was asking her was actually incredibly important. He was asking her to stay behind and protect the people of Rohan in case something bad happened and they were attacked. He was putting the entirety of their country in her hands. Mm -hmm. And she, like, didn't understand that or appreciate that. And I think Azula doesn't see that as well. Now, obviously, it's it's kind of a good thing because Azula's bad. But, you know, (laughs) you know. Even, um, well, Ozai's tone to try to calm down Azula. Mm -hmm. It was a little condescending. Yeah. You know, almost, almost, uh, almost exactly a toxic father. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to shine a turd for their child like this is a yes yes yes. no keep going (laughs) this is a task i can only entrust to you yes you know this is good yeah he that's like classic abuser tactics like you're special Mm. you're the only one i could trust with this Mm -hmm. you're the best like only you can do this like that's like 101 like controlling you know manipulative behavior and it works it works i mean you know um yeah so he basically says like you're gonna stay in the fire nation i'm gonna go off and be the phoenix king which like what a punk ass bitch what do you have to be the phoenix of ozai Mm -hmm. what struggles and, and and sacrifices have you risen risen from the ashes of ozai huh you know who's a phoenix you know who's a phoenix ang Zuko, they're phoenixes. They were both deeply, deeply hurt by fire. And guess what? They rose from that pain, that humiliation, that shame, and they became something greater. Not you. Yeah. Ozai punk ass bitch. Calling himself the Phoenix King. You ain't done nothing to be the Phoenix King. Ooh, Ozai. You like, better watch yourself, bro. <laughs> like like he says, like, oh, we're going to like burn everything and from the ashes the new Fire Nation will arise. Okay, so maybe call yourself the Phoenix King after that. Mm. But not before someone's jumping the gun. Well, he's just a narcissist. Yeah, what you gonna he's do? he's just overconfident and you know, completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that bothers me. I'm like, <laughs> you ain't you're not the Phoenix King. You don't deserve that title. Brielle's got your number, Ozai. Yeah. <laughs> um Yes, yeah, so the gang is like, we can't find Aang. We have to do something. And Zuko remembers June. He's like, oh, she can find anything. So they go to this bar and, you know, they're like, oh, who's June? And then Sokka's like, oh, isn't it that girl with the mole who was chasing us? And Suki goes, what? Her skin is flawless. <laughs> I was like, 
Yes. <laughs> yes, my bisexual queen. Oh, you noticed too? You, you noticed that too, Suki? That her her skin, skin is flawless, yeah. If I was if I was in the scene now, present me. It's like, oh, who's June? Oh, isn't out said of what Saka said, like, isn't that lady that chased us with the giant mole? I would have been like, oh, that lady that uh Brielle wants to step <laughs> oh, would like to be stepped all over by? That June? Oh yeah, I remember her. Stop! <laughs> It's true, but stop. Don't cover me like this. <laughs> just trying to live my life, man. That's fine. That's fine. I just want to get stepped on by a pretty lady. <laughs> no, June is pretty. And mm. she's a, oh, man. She handles that bar. Yeah. How she got the, the drink in the air, uh, beats up Ryu, and then catches it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's actually the next episode, technically. Oh, right. Um, but, yeah, so so they're, they're at the bar with June, and they see her and they're like hey can you help us find ang and i love that she's like oh i see you work things out with your girlfriend and immediately zuko and katara are like ew no <laughs> and um you know just no zutara they said no zutara no. not this show <laughs> not with it um yeah so they give ang's um staff to the sandshrew <laughs> um and June says that basically, like, he's gone. Mm. Like, if he was dead, they'd be able to find his body, but he's just gone. And this is kind of the first hint that we get that Aang's kind of somewhere else. Um, You know, like, we know that he's not in the spirit world because his body would still be here, but he's just somewhere else. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then we see that when Aang wakes up on this island. And it's just in the middle of nowhere. He has no idea where he is. He has no idea about anything. There doesn't seem to be any other, like, animals or bugs on the island. It's just all plants. And, um, and yeah, so it's it's his first idea that he's somewhere kind of, like, otherworldly, mm -hmm. which is cool. Um, also, like, just the, the idea of Nyla, um, that's a really cool, like, animal. And that's a really cool power right. that Nyla is able to, like, find people by like following the scent and it's and it's so powerful like um uncle iroh is like far away and they're able and, and nyla's able to like take him straight you know to him you know which is crazy um yeah so instead of finding ang zuko says like oh well we have to find someone who can fight the fire lord my uncle could do it let's find uncle iroh and he holds up his uh, sandal because he kept it uh it's the same sandal for when, um, from when he got kidnapped by the Earthbenders, right? I think. Maybe. I, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe. That would be cute if it was. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Aang is, like, exploring this, like, weird island, and he realizes that he can talk to the other avatars. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot I could do that. Um, Something that Roku says, like, Roku says, like, all of your avatars are available for you to talk to. Could he really talk to all of them? Yeah. Like, could he just pull up Wan or Wan? Wan? I don't know the... And be like, yo, hey, you were the first Avatar. What's up? Like, if know. he goes back far enough, you could. Yeah. Huh, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess they, they couldn't, like, have him talk to all of them. That would take too long. Yeah, it would take forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, from, from what it seems like, what's canon is that it's easier to contact your past four lives. Mm -hmm. And then to go further than that, it takes a bit more concentration. Yeah. Um, I also love that Aang says, like, oh, I just like talking to you, Momo, even though you don't talk back. Like, oh, I think that's so sweet. It is. And he's like, I'm going to pretend that you didn't pretend to say that. <laughs> what did Momo pretend yeah, to say? What did he say? But how did he insult you? Um So yeah, so the the gang, minus Aang, mm -hmm. um, follow the scent and they end up right near the gates of Ba Sang Se. And who shows up but a bunch of old people? <laughs> Paku and Zhang Zhang and Bumi and Pian Dao. And I can't help but wonder if like Suki and Zuko and Toph are like, who the fuck are these people? I mean, they were because when they were when they saw them, it was only um, Katara and Sokka that was smiling. Yeah. Like they're literally just like, hey. <laughs> and the other three were just like, uh, OK. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Zuko knows who Pian Dao is. Um, yeah. Pian Dao trained him. Train Zuko? Yeah. He did. Is that not canon? I don't know. I thought I thought I I thought I read that somewhere. I never heard about that. I thought I read that somewhere that like Piandao trained Zuko. 
Maybe it's just fan fiction. Maybe. Maybe it's just fan fiction. I, I, I never heard of it. So yeah, no, I, I could have sworn that, like, in one of the comics or novels or something, Piandao trained Zuko. Hmm. I haven't seen it in a time or Anyway, yeah. but yeah, I love that they're like, who are these people? Who mm-hmm. are, like, I don't know who any of these guys are. But Piano isn't old. He still has black hair. Yeah, he's he's a very, he's a distinguished guy. Like yeah. he's, you know, he, he's got that like salt and pepper thing going on. Mm. But basically the, the, the guys explain that like they're the White Lotus Society and they're, what they did was they kind of just met together and talked about art and philosophy and just like culture without letting, you know, nation divides get in the way. Mm. Um, but now they realize that there's a war going on and so maybe they should get off their asses and like fight, you know, in mm. the war. It really shows that like the children are the future because it took the White Lotus how long to respond to this? This war has been going on for a hundred years and they're just getting to it now. Mm. They're like, maybe we should stop talking about philosophy and maybe start fighting a war. You know? Well, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, we so. are all the greatest at our crafts, and we just talk about paintings all day. Maybe we should do something else. <laughs> I mean, maybe they have to, like, wait and listen and wait for the Avatar. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, Aang is missing. We don't know what to do. And Boomy's like, ah, whatever. Aang's missing. But where's Momo? <laughs> He's the most important. Yeah. Gotta love Boomy. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the same time, Boomy knows shit. Yeah. Like, he knows shit. So I don't think he was ever worried. I think he 100% was like, Aang will show up when he's ready. Yeah. Think like a mad genius, you know? Um, Yeah, and Paku is like, oh, um, Kana, basically, I proposed to her again, so, like, I'm your grandpa. And <laughs> Katara and Sokka are, like, happy about it. Yay! I don't know if I would have been, but yay! <laughs> what you gonna do? Yeah. Um... I like that that sock is like, can I call you Grandpa Koo? He's like, no. No. You can't. No, you can't. Um Yeah, so basically, uh the gang goes into the White Lotus camp. Um, and the next thing that Zuko has to do is talk to Uncle Iroh. Meanwhile, Aang is like, I gotta sit down and talk to all of my past lives and figure out what I should do about Ozai and the war. And um he talks to Roku, Kiyoshi, Kurok, and Yang Chen. Roku basically says, be more decisive. Mm. Yoshi says, only justice will bring peace. Kurok says, like, you have to actively shape your destiny. And Yang Chen says, you have to sacrifice your own needs for the good of the world. And all of that is supremely unhelpful to Aang. Um, yes. <laughs> he thinks it is. It's not. It's very helpful. Mm. But, like, he thinks it's very unhelpful. Um, out of all the four, I thought Kurok's advice was more on, on mm. the nose. Than the others. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I love that he's like, I knew I shouldn't have asked Kiyoshi. <laughs> <laughs> of course she's going to choose murder. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but it, it, it's interesting because, you know, all of their advice is good advice. Mm. You know, the only thing is it, it's, it's bad advice for Aang. Because that's not the kind of avatar that he's going to be. Like Yang Chen, we we talked about this like way, way earlier um, in one of our podcast episodes. But so Yang Chen is like, you can't reach spiritual enlightenment like a true airbender because you have to be the avatar. But the thing is, that's all well and good if there are airbenders, Mm. which there aren't. And so I think what's so important is that Aang, yes, he's the avatar. And so, yes, he has to be able to connect to all four nations, but I think the the reason that he's able to beat Ozai and do what he has to do is because he's thinking like an airbender and not the Avatar, mm. you know, because he is the only airbender left. So no matter what he does, it is going to shape the way that the world views airbenders forever because he is setting the standard because right. he's the only one left. So maybe for Yang Chen or another airbender avatar, when there are airbenders, yeah, they can afford to kind of meh on their ideals and meh on their like um, pacifist ways because there are other airbenders to be pacifist. Mm. You know, the avatar has to be different, but Aang can't do that, you know, because right. he's the only one. And also, like, it's easy for an adult. Well, I wouldn't say it's easy, but like, 
I'm I'm 27. I've had plenty of life experience. Um, I have ideals and I have morals and I have values. But given a certain situation, I might let those slide because I have enough experience and knowledge under my belt to kind of see the bigger picture, to understand that the world is shades of gray, to understand that I can be a hypocrite sometimes, you Mm. know, and I'm and I'm prepared to deal with that. Aang does not have that. He doesn't have that kind of experience. He doesn't have that kind of knowledge, you know, to to do that. You know, it, it, it's not that it's easy, but an adult can justify, you know, breaking certain rules for the good of everybody else. But for a child, everything is so much more black and white. And so I imagine for Aang, it's very hard for him to say, like, oh, murder is wrong, except in this case, mm. you know, like... You know, Yang Chen and and all the other avatars are kind of speaking to him as if he's an adult and he's not. Right. You know, and I think that's that's why he holds so strongly to his ideals, because they're all he has. That's true. And they're all he knows. He hasn't lived enough in the world to learn about other people's ideals, to see other parts of the way that people work and the way that people think. And who knows, maybe if Aang was an adult... He would have no issue killing Ozai because he would have seen more and understood more about the world. But for him, a 12-year-old boy who only knows what he knows, he he has to stick to his airbender ideals or else he has nothing. You know? So it's not bad advice, but it's just not good advice for him. Yeah. Basically, it cuts back to the gang and they're like, Boomy, how did you escape? And he basically tells them that he waited for the um, Day of Black Sun and he like... Kicked all the people out of Amashu. Mm. Boo me for Earth King because he actually does stuff. <laughs> Where you at, huh, Earth King? Yeah. Just leaves. Such um, a fucking bear. <laughs> like, who even has a bear? <laughs> and it's just a bear. It's, it's, a not, bear. it's not a koala bear or a platypus, a platypus bear. bear. It's just a bear. Just a bear. A weirdo. Yeah. Um, and I love that he's like, so what did you guys do on the Day of the Black Sun? And Zuko and Sokka are like, Nothing. None. Yeah, whatever. It was yeah. nothing. But yeah, basically what I say about Aang is that I don't necessarily think he should like reach enlightenment and go be a weird airbender off in like a monastery just in the mountains, but mm. he can't destroy himself to save other people. That's not what he's supposed to do. Right. You know? Yeah. So Zuko um, is like, okay, I have to go talk to Uncle Iroh. And he's scared. He's like, He's like, uncle is going to be furious with me. And isn't that sad? Yeah. That the first emotion that comes to Zuko's mind is anger. He thinks oh, um, Iroh is going to be mad at him. Um, and Katara is like, he's not. He loves you. Like, just go in and talk to him. And he goes and he talks to him. Um, well, first I was, um, Iroh's asleep and then he wakes up. He wakes up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and Zuko like immediately like bows and is like i'm so sorry like i i hurt you and i betrayed you like please don't be angry and iroh hugs him and and they're both crying they're both crying and he says that like i was never angry with you i was just worried i was sad i was scared that you lost your way and and i think that's beautiful Mm -hmm. i think that's so beautiful because iroh had every reason to be angry he really did but he never was he never was angry at Zuko. You know, I think, I mean, we don't know, but like, I think even at Zuko's worst, when like his scar was pretty fresh and, you know, he was still a, you know, whiny little kid. <laughs> I don't think Iroh hated him. I think Iroh loved him and loved him so fiercely. Um, and, and you know, it's sad that Zuko didn't understand that that was what the emotion was. Yeah. I mean, you know, Zuko is young and dumb. Yeah. And, and, Iroh is wise and he's wise enough to know that all this anger that Zuko throws at him or when Zuko acts up or he does some stupid stuff, Iroh knows it's not about him. Yeah. You know? and, that, and, that, and that's what that's what goes with it. Iroh not taking it personally. Yeah. And, and that's why he's just like, I, I was never mad at you because I, I, I was just, you know, caring for you. And, yeah. Because at the end of the day, all Iroh wants is for Zuko to be happy. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think he, all he wanted for Zuko was to realize his, like, true potential and his true destiny. Yeah. 
and and to be honest if zuko had gone to iroh and been like actually uncle iroh i just want to be you know a a cabbage farmer in the earth kingdom that would make me super happy i think iroh would have been okay with that i think he would have been like whatever makes you happy nephew yeah you know because zuko's zuko's happiness was the most important thing to him zuko's happiness and also like the fact that he's not like following in his father's footsteps i think was the most important thing to him yeah exactly it's a very beautiful moment yeah when they hug very very beautiful <laughs> did you cry or did you tear a little? uh the first time I watched it, I think I definitely got a little choked up. Mm. I don't think I cried because it wasn't long enough for me to like work up those tears. Mm. But I definitely got choked up. Yeah. So then it cuts to the next morning and they're all like eating. And um, uh, Sok- not Sokka. Zuko's like, oh, someone has to kill the father lord. But I wonder if that was intentional or like did um did uh, Dante Dante did Dante like fuck up in the booth i don't just know kept it. i don't know i it's a freudian slip no matter what <laughs> yeah <laughs> um you know so that's funny mm-hmm. um so basically iroh says that ang has to defeat the fire lord that's his destiny and then your destiny zuko is to become the new fire lord and basically recreate the the fire nation make it better make it you know more equitable you know connect to the other nations just mm-hmm. like make the fire nation wonderful and 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 a part of the world again um this show is a little royalist you know just putting that out there it's a bit it's a bit you know yay for the monarchy yeah yeah um you know just just saying um i love iroh also but like fuck you for leaving zuko all alone to do that (laughs) like they they like i know like i haven't read the comics but i know enough about them and like Zuko gets crowned, and then Iroh's like, "Well, I have to go to Ba Sing Se because if I stay, people will think that I'm like controlling you, which is fair. Mm. But also, bye, like <laughs> begs for nothing. I'm gonna let a sixty year old rule a country that just ended a war. <laughs> I mean, he has experience. Mm, kind he of. Have experience. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, Iroh, Iroh should have. I don't think Iroh should have been Fire Lord, but I think he should have been allowed to stay on as like." An advisor. As an advisor or almost like a dowager. Mm. I don't know if there's a male equivalent of a dowager, but the dowager like Fire Lord or whatever. Okay. You know, because Zuko needed help. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. So, Zuko is like kind of like, oh, I'm going to be the new Fire Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I spent three years of my life on a boat, but I guess I could do this. <laughs> right. Um. And... I think it's very poignant because Iroh is like, I had a vision of like Ba Sing Se and now I realize that it was defending, that I was supposed to be defending Ba Sing Se. Um, and I'm like, look at you, Iroh, you're completing your redemption arc. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it's all come kind of full circle. You know, it started when he tried to invade Ba Sing Se and now he's working to protect it as a, as a citizen, basically. Like, aw, redemption arcs. Everybody gets a redemption arc. Except for Ozai. Except for Ozai. And Azula. Yeah, Kylo. Yeah. And so, basically, they decide that Zuko and Katara are going to go fight Azula because she is currently the almost Fire Lord. Mm. And someone needs to be in the capital when the war ends. And Sokka, Suki, and Toph basically go to stop the um, invasion from the Fire Nation. And, you know... Sokka and Zuko share this look where they just kind of like nod to each other and I'm like oh boy this is the moment when all these kids are like we may never see each other again yeah like Sokka may never see his sister again yeah you know like that's that's heavy that's that's a heavy moment bro and they just nod and they just go you know they go their separate ways and we cut back to Aang and he realizes that the island is moving and so he like goes underwater and he sees that it has like legs and he goes all the way to the top and he realizes that it's like an animal, that it's not an island. Um, and he swims around to the front and it's a lion turtle, mm-hmm. which is so cool because all the way in the beginning in the library episode, Ag mentions lion turtles as like they're extinct. They don't, ex- they're, they're like gone. And now here we have one. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Ooh. And the lion turtle basically says that, you know, it's been around 
for like millennia basically it's been around since before bending you know and there will always be darkness it's just a part of life but there will always be light to kind of you know return and overcome it you know it's not just darkness in the void light will always return um which i think is a very beautiful sentiment and mm-hmm. um i think it's very true you know even even the darkest you know days there's always the sun always comes out you know the sun will come out tomorrow yeah. <laughs> um you know unfortunately there will always be bad people there will always be bad things in this world you can't have one without the other but i think the idea that light always prevails and good always wins is a is a really nice idea and it's a really nice lesson and i think if more people believed that if more people were optimistic in that way I think the world would be better because it would kind of force us to combat the darkness and the evil instead of just letting it kind of slide by, Mm. you know? And that's uh, how the episode ends with Aang talking to the lion turtle. Yeah. I don't think the lion turtles are extinct. Mm. Well, obviously not. Yeah. (laughs) I just um, I just think they're just all in hiding or yeah. they're just blending in. Yeah, they have no desire to interact with today's world. Yeah, because they essentially don't need them. Yeah. I also think that their presence is kind of outside of time and space, like June was saying. Mm. So there might be tons of them, but we just can't see them because we don't have the kind of spiritual connection the way that Ang does. Mm. You know, the they um, what's my call it? The lion turtle said something really important when uh, he said before the days of the Avatar, before bending was outward, it was inward. We um, Bending was bending our own energy. Yeah. So my theory is the reason why uh, June couldn't, June's uh, Shishu couldn't find Aang. Yeah. Because lion turtles, they since they're bending their own energy, like they can kind of mask it. What it yeah, seems like, yeah, like create like a force field or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the idea of like you're just able to kind of bend your own like spirit, your own energy, and like use that to like protect yourself and and go outward and stuff. It's cool. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Like that would have been a really cool thing to explore. Yeah. Um, I mean, they they kind of in Korra. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. 